Exactly. There won't be room for people anymore. Just robots roaming the world. What it is, what it do, this is Rambling, your Rams weekly podcast that gives you insight of the team and news around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from my living room in Los Angeles, California. I hope everyone is staying safe, staying healthy. The Rams continue to work remotely. The NFL is still rolling, so that means we are rolling, and we want to keep you up to date on what is happening around the team. And to help me with that, I invited a good friend of mine, Syracuse Newhouse alum, so you know she's legit. Forget the fact that she's covered the NFL since 2009. Forget that she was a senior writer at Yahoo Sports or is now an NFL reporter for ESPN. She is a Brooklyn native, and she knows what's up. Kimberly Martin. Forget. Welcome to the (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you. You know, it's funny because I'm dyslexic, so, like, you having two E's in Kimberly, like, it's just it look like, I was oh, like, I who knows? Imagine if that was your life and you had two E's that you had to explain to everybody, so I don't really feel any sympathy for you. If you were dyslexic, though, and you <laughs> had two E's. Um, all right, so Kimberly, the most recent news that came out of the Rams team this, this season, this off season. So the Rams agreed to terms with two kickers. We, we're talking about kickers these days. However, uh, you know, as well as I do, special teams is a unit that always is unappreciated until we absolutely need them, which is pretty much every game. So um, agreed to terms with two kickers, former XFL kicker Austin McGinnis and former CFL kicker Liram Hyrulia. I was going to wait for you to pronounce it because I wasn't going to try it. Hyrulahu. Hyrulahu. Um, so this comes after the departure of obviously Greg Zerline, who's been with the team for eight seasons. So this team's had a lot of changes this offseason, but looking specifically at the special teams unit that has had so much consistency over the years, right? Uh, years. Um, how do you see this group evolving? And then I keep in mind this, like, especially with a leader like Johnny Hecker, who's still with the team. I mean, this, this this group has seen consistency even before they came back and returned to L.A. Right. And so the hope is, if you're a Rams fan, that the consistency will continue, right? Because as you mentioned, we have Johnny Hecker. You've got McQuaid. These guys have been here for a while together. But here's the issue. The special team coordinator no longer here. And where did Zerline go? She went with the special teams guy. So now you've got a new coordinator and you've got two new kickers, as you mentioned, not to say that one of these two guys could not be the long-term answer. I'm not saying that nobody knows. I think the, the issue is that it's way too soon to tell, especially with guys having to be at home. And we don't know exactly when like physical off-season programs will begin and everybody will be in that training camp shape and that gelling. I think that that's the key. The unit has to gel. And you have a new coordinator. You've got a new kicker. And if you're rampant, are you really confident that one of these two guys is a long-term answer? Like I said, one of them could be. But even last week, the GM said that, you know, 
trying to find a kicker. What he's looking for is someone similar to Zerline, somebody that's, that's been around, that can handle the pressure that comes with it, and that has the superpower of being able to kick from 50-plus yards out. And that's something that you knew you had. So I, I'm not saying that all hope is lost in, oh, what is, what's the special teams unit going to do? But again, it's a wait to see. And I think a lot, as we'll talk about, I think a lot of pieces on this team are a wait and see. For sure. And even Johnny Hecker, um, you know, was, even though he is one of the leaders of this team, you know, I think it puts more pressure on a guy like him because you can't see your teammates. You know this as well as I do. If the team is bonding, that's awesome. But if you can't bond, I mean, we're bonding right now over a Zoom call, right? Like, it's, <laughs> so they have voluntary, voluntary meetings that are going to start this month. But, yeah, I'd be curious to see, hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Can't give you a handshake. I mean, Latinos everywhere, Kimberly, are going for <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, a hug, like two cheeks, like, you know, good to see you. And all of a sudden, we're all like, hey. it's, it's so different how you, the chemistry that you need to build, and then the, the chemistry they're going to have to build on the fly. Like, we don't know when, and even when guys are in the same physical space, that, that chemistry is sort of like, yeah, I want to get close to you. But I mean, Here's the thing, like you mentioned the two kickers before, the coming from the CFL and XFL, like they have experience, you know, they're not novices, but everything's different in the NFL. Everything's different. When you know that you're stepping into, the, you have to fill the shoes of somebody who dates back to when the team was in LA, uh, to, in St. Louis, you know, that those are big shoes to fill. And I think all that comes with the job and they have to prove that at some point. For sure. It'll be an interesting off season. And I think the biggest word, even though we were saying chemistry, it's trust, right? You, like it's, the chemistry comes with it, but it's like, do I trust you? Like when you're anchoring sports center, where you're on TV or when you're doing something, you and I have a good relationship. You trust me that I'm going to pick you up when you're not doing so right. well. Vice versa. Oh, I love like this. Like, like this whole Zoom thing. Yes. 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 <laughs> so, I mean, it's the Sean McVay always says it. Speaking of this, the team needs to win in all three phases. So when, you know, offense isn't doing it, defense picks the offense up. And vice versa, in special teams, they step it up. So let's get to the other two. We'll start with the uh, offense because there was a recent departure. We had Brandon Cooks uh, went to the Texans. Todd Gurley leads. He's going to the Falcons. That leaves some space for some guys to step up and for some draft prospects. How do you see the Rams kind of pulling it together uh, to give Jared Goff a good squad? You know, again, I'm going to use this word a lot. This whole team, I think, is in flux. So when when Henderson was drafted, I know I, for one, raised an eyebrow. I know a lot of people across the NFL raised an eyebrow. It's like, oh, oh, okay, what are we doing here? Um, you know, not that change of pace guy, okay, teams need that, okay, okay, um, good back, okay, but that drafting him came right after Gurley, giving Gurley that money. So immediately, you're thinking, okay, what's the deal with Gurley? And then as we've seen the production, the healthy raise, you know, be raised into question, now he's no longer on the team. So right now, it's Henderson's show. Um, him and Mal- Malcolm Brown are going to split time. and or I shouldn't say split time. I don't want to say it's going to be like 50-50. I'm not giving that impression. But it's, 
I think right now those are the two guys you go into the season with, and they, the Rams could easily draft another guy. Um, but I think it's really Henderson's time to shine and, and show what he can do. Now, you go from having the high price can-do-it-all toy in, in Todd Gurley, right? And now you go from that to a cheaper tandem. Now, not to, individually, those guys don't possess what Todd Gurley brings to the table. Um, few do, so that's no really no knock on them. But I think what we're seeing across the league is teams going to the tandem route. They're going, they're not um, investing. Now we'll get to the Panthers later, probably, but not all teams are going to invest in that position. They're going to spread out the wealth, right? So here you have these two guys. Now, what I want to see, though, is who's replacing Brandon Cook? Because you got Robert Woods, right? Back-to-back, 1,000-yard seasons. Okay, so Connor Cook. Okay, Connor Cup, sorry. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so, okay, all right, so we're set there. But, like, who's that breakaway speed, take the top off the defense side to, to pair with them, to add to that? Um, is Josh Reynolds the guy? I mean, is that – like, he doesn't have the same speed as Brandon Cook. And, again – not saying that this is not rampant, don't get on me, this is not the doom and gloom hour. I'm just saying there's been a lot of some, some opposite, you know, just some thoughts. <laughs> some thoughts. Some thoughts. Thought. Let's, you know, measure the optimism here. Um, but here's the good news. I come bearing good news. The good news is that this draft is loaded with wide receiver talent. Exactly. And the other good news is that the Rams, I believe, have seven picks. And I think two second rounders and two third rounders as of now. So the opportunity is there to find another, I don't want to say another Brandon Cooks, but to add depth to that position. So the question of how will they, how will they replace Brandon Cooks? How will this offense, you know, how will it look without Brandon Cooks? Maybe they will miss them. Maybe they will, but there's a chance to, to sort of alleviate that loss. For sure. And, and, and on the other side of it, you know, on defense, you know, we've heard GM Lesmead say the goal, why we're seeing all these changes, is to sign cornerback Jalen Ramsey and to get that done. Outside of that, the Rams have done a lot um, agreeing to terms with Leonard Floyd and Ashawn Robinson. They brought back Michael Brockers. And then, you know, we expect to see a guy like safety John Johnson to come back strong. Um, and be part of that secondary. So, line moving parts. We've got a couple new guys. We're looking to keep Jalen Ramsey. Um, what would you like to see the Rams do defensively this season, especially with a new defensive coordinator? Again, that word in flux, man. I mean, every unit, there's been a lot of change, a lot of departures. I think Brockers failed physical. But, you know, bad news for Ravens, great news for the Rams. Because now you had, instead of thinking that Robinson was going to have to replace him, now it's like, oh, okay, these two can play together. Again, the issue to me with the Rams, there are a lot of holes. And we talked about the offense earlier, offensive tackle, guard, like running back, like wide receiver, there are holes that they need to fill on offense. There's just depth, the positions that need depth, right? Well, again, edge, linebacker, those same issues apply as far as holes on the defensive side. Again, I come bringing good news. Aaron Donald. I mean, he is here. 
he is here. And what makes him so great is <laughs> what makes him so great is that he takes just his presence there takes uh, takes so much pressure off of other people, and other guys get to eat because he is such a force. Now you're hoping that the same rules apply. I think you just if I must need, I just want to go into the draft. If I'm, I mean, again, there are a lot of holes to to address. Um, so with seven picks right now, they're not all going to be defense. So I just want to see if he gets some defensive guys. I just want to see him get some edge guys or a linebacker that you want to see guys that can get pressure consistently. And I think that is the key to everything. You know, it starts up front. So that's what I'm expecting. Before we move it's on nice. to, I'm just curious, like, so because – you know, a couple of years ago, everybody got us some criticism on Sean McVay for like running one specific uh, personnel group for the whole year. And now I'm wondering, we could see, especially with a new offensive coordinator, we could see a whole, given his new set of tools to work with, we could see an entirely new Sean McVay playbook that nobody has any eyes on yet. That's very true. That'd be nice and exciting. Well, yeah, because the the bloom is off the rose on Sean McVay a little bit. Maybe not, at least from the outside looking in. From it feels like the Rams are so like the Super Bowl appearances so so many years ago. Even though it really isn't, um, and I think the questions about okay, this is a pivotal year for Les Mead and Sean McVay because last year not making the playoffs, a lot of questions about like okay, is Sean as as smart and the wonder kid that that everybody uh, projected him to be, of course the guy's smart. I think this year will be a, a great opportunity for him to also go into his bag of tricks and be like, okay, like, like you know, like I, I, I am as smart as you guys thought I was and we're going to deploy some different weapons and we're going to show, we're going to switch things up. I mean, so many different coordinators right now. Um, I would think this should be a, a new look Rams team in a sense. For sure. And I mean, we forget, like, Tyler Higby had an incredible second half to the season. Like, there's just a lot. I mean, Jared Goff, uh, you know, has gone through four different coaches in four years when it comes to a QB. I mean, there's a lot of things that have always changed. You know, this, everyone's like, oh my gosh, we lost this guy, we lost this guy, things have changed. But I'm like, poor JG's been, you know, having coaching changes since he started playing football in the NFL. So, I mean, it changes the norm. And the good thing is, Sean McVay says he's watched more film than ever before. And so, you know, at least he's ready to get the draft going because oh yeah, one's home watching film. That's all we can really do. So, um, I want to get to a segment called What Makes Me Happy. Um, two things uh, that really made me happy this week. Johnny Hecker um, and his wife, Michaela, they've been leaving out food bars and water and gum for their delivery workers, which I thought was just so kind and, and really, you know, like made me feel good. And Johnny Hecker is, I mean, he's a leader in the locker room, but he's one of a kind, very, very uh, good dude. And so I'm just curious, Kimberly, I'm sure around the league there's been a ton of people, just players, reporters alike, who's done a ton of acts of kindness lately. Yeah, no, I've I've loved seeing um, on Twitter and Instagram what different guys are doing. I will, there's so many to name. I will highlight one in particular. I don't know how many people in LA know, but New York 
City and New Jersey, like you mentioned, I'm from Brooklyn. So New York City and New Jersey were sort of a hot zone for COVID-19 right now. And things are absolutely crazy here. So it's been a real treat to see some of the local players step up and use their platforms, like Saquon Barkley. Guys have just been using Instagram and social media just to sort of drive that message home of stay, stay home, stay safe. Uh, but Jets defensive tackle, Quinn Williams, he recently, I think he paid for $25,000 worth of, of meal prep, like actual meals delivered to healthcare workers in Morristown, New Jersey, which is not far from the Jets facility. And it was all celeb chef cooked. So I just thought, so it's, you know, like proteins and like fresh vegetables. And it's, it seems like a small thing. Um, but just, you know, these workers are so overtaxed and so overburden and just for a player to to do that and think about like these these people need a healthy meal as well so that was just a nice gesture so i just want to credit Quinn williams and all the other guys doing stuff they all need vacations after this whole oh my thing gosh. more than that yep mm-hmm. vacation the whole nine one last thing that makes me really happy uh jared goff spoke to the media today and he rocked a quarantine mustache. And I got to tell you, it, it's working. Like, I totally... Is it? Is it? I wasn't on the call, but is it working? <laughs> like, he has his hair cut. So it's, it, was a, it, was a, it was a decision. He made the decision. Oh, it's not, it sounds like a decision. Yes. Um, in, these, in these quarantine times... Um, we can't, we can't really be judged on, on what we're doing. We just kind of, this, these are the moments where we say, Hey, um, that haircut, not, not women, the guys, that haircut I was thinking of doing, I'm going to try that because bangs don't grow back as quickly as we think. Um, but yeah, I've thought about cutting my husband's hair just, just to see what happens. Um, I don't know if I would want him doing the quarantine stash, but, um, you know, these are the times where we have a lot of free time on our hands to do some wild stuff. A whole lot of experimentation. Serena's hair is going to be purple by the time we get out of this. Sure. <laughs> Matt's wearing a hat indoors. Ah, you know no, I took it off. That's why I'm not. You can't see me on camera. See, see, I don't. I don't feel like that chemistry that we're talking about. This is. It's hard to develop chemistry. Over Zoom when I can't see. Oh, all I right, can't. I'll get bullied into this. Hang on, you guys continue. Yeah, continue. Matt's joining via Zoom, which no one can hear <laughs> on the pod. Um, but it's okay. While Matt's joining us on on the Zoom call, um, I want to get to some news from around the NFL. Uh, Kimberly, so a longtime NFL photographer. Let me uh, get his name correct. Anthony Causey. Mm-hmm. He was a co-worker of yours? Um, when he you worked, worked for the New York Post so when I was at Newsday. So rival papers, if you want to say. But yeah, still New York City shows and family. Okay. And he, he recently passed away due to COVID-19. Um, I don't know if you wanted to say a few words. I think because, and you, we all know this, but the NFL family and the sports world are very small. And when you go to games and you're on the field and you're taking notes and you're doing anything, I mean, we run into photographers and, and fellow reporters all the time. And so this is, and especially while sports is in a quiet time, it must be difficult to just hear the news, especially knowing um, 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, I can't even like wrap my head around it. Now, when I, Newsday was, I think I left Newsday three years ago, but when I started at Newsday, some of the assignments I got were baseball. So I covered Yankees and Mets games a lot. So I would see Anthony a lot at the, at the ballpark or when I first started covering the Jets, like I would see him out at Jets a lot. And I can't, what has been truly amazing since his passing on Easter, um, it is just the outpouring of love. Like, again, this is a very small journalism community. And when you meet genuinely warm-hearted competitors, but you're also able to remain friends and, and love how, and love and appreciate how skilled that person is. Like, I knew he was great. Like, I knew, you know, um, he was a great photographer, but just the way people have responded, like, and it's not just because celebrities like Derek Cedar or an A-Rod have, have posted stuff on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, um, but that does speak to his reach and how how celebrities and sports figures felt like he was just another guy and they loved, they loved him as much as we did. But seeing, you know, there were billboards that were put up, you know, along the, in New Jersey, along the highway, there were six billboards um, put up. There were people that you know Anthony would see regular people on the street like in the park or whatever and there was a story I read in the post where he saw a guy get down on his knee and propose to his girlfriend and Anthony took you know always has a camera and took the photo and like ran up to them and was just like hey sorry to <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt but I just wanted you to know that I took your photo send me your info and I'll gladly mail off the picture and he did that for so many people but just, just a kind-hearted person, just a wonderful guy. And then his wife, she's, you know, the way he talks about her, love of his life. I remember when he got engaged, it was over the moon. And they have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And it's just, it's just crushing. So for, it just brings it home for a lot of us here in New York. It's just it's too difficult to even comprehend. For sure. Um, on other NFL news, Outside of that, and you know, I it you know I think of like the photographers that we see all the time on the field. Um, shout out to Jeff who takes uh, photography for the Rams. But um, in Carolina, there is a running back. His name is Christian McCaffrey. Here we go. And there's also a Matt back on the screen with a dog. Professor Rick, I love it. Um, uh, Christian McCaffrey. He just became the running back. Sixty-four million dollar extension. Uh, we, we touched on it very briefly earlier on the pod, but like, how does this affect the league, if at all? Is it just the one, you know, running back named Christian McCaffrey gets paid, or is it like, oh, hey, we could still pay our running backs here and there? It is really fascinating. I think it, first off, it reinforces the debate of how much a running back really worth. I think, you know, as we talked earlier about, you know, if running backs, you know, leagues are now moving towards you know, passing offenses like that. And of course the Rams are one of those teams that sort of, you know, put up points at will. And um, I think teams seeing that, okay, QB receivers like that, that's how it's passing game. That's where we're going to attack teams. Um, but, you know, even with the running back position, you know, so much of it is dependent on the offensive line and the offensive team. You know, like here in New York, again, here in New York, we've got Le'Veon Bell on the Jets and sort of like, he was a non-factor. Granted, a lot of the team was a non-factor. But, you know, with Le'Veon, it's sort of like, 
where did he go? Where did he go? So the offensive scheme really does impact a running back's production, right? But then also with Christian McCaffrey, it brings up the question of, is he just a running back? Because if you look at his production, there's a reason why it sucked going up against teams that had a Christian McCaffrey in fantasy. It absolutely was. Because he would give you so many points. You can put this guy what makes him special and why I'm not as bent out of shape about the deal as some other people. Like I'm pro player from the standpoint of if you have the leverage um, to get your money, get your money, right? But with Christian, he's he's a weapon, period. Like you can put him, like he can be a running back. You can line him up in the slot. Like you can do so many different things with him. So it, so when you when you say like, oh, the Panthers will learn, like you don't pay a running back. I understand the overall argument, but I think Christian McCaffrey is somebody who, mm, is he just a running back? I don't know. Right. Now, I also think how it affects people, the affects the league as a whole. I think if I'm Saquon Barkley, I'm looking back and I'm like, okay, um, he technically on paper he's a running back, so my agent needs to slide that number over, <laughs> over to Dave Gettleman, the GM of the Giants, when it's my time to get paid. Because I, I, if I'm Saquon, I love that figure because it is showing. Oh, there is room to pay running back. If and. And Gettleman also, I think, gave up some leverage when he he said the kid was touched by God. I mean, this is a generational talent. So I think the McCaffrey deal is great for the McCaffrey family and Christian. But I also think it will have an impact because if you're running back and you're vital to your team's offense, you will use that. Do you put touched by God in a, in a contract? It's like, well, you said. You said. You said, sir there so I don't know exactly exactly <laughs> um do we see a shorter season Kimberly are we is it, there's all these talks now what's happening okay so as you mentioned I just jo- I just joined ESPN <laughs> it hasn't even been a month and um like my last week at, at, at my second to last week at Yahoo was the combine so in I literally went to Bristol for my orientation and then the next day the NBA was canceled and then life as we knew it was over. So I, for one, am sort of like, gosh, I really hope sports comes back quickly. However, I can't, you know, when, when God, doctors like Fauci are saying like, okay, the way to have sports is have empty stadiums. And I know for some players, they're probably like, you know what? I just want to play empty stadium or not. It does, it would take some some of that natural sports feeling away if there are no fans, right? Um, but even so, can, do you feel confident? Do you feel good about, yes, we've got sports back, but if you're a fan, do you want to go to the stadium? Do you, you know, like it's, it's a lot. And I, I, I can't imagine, even in California with Newsom saying like, yeah, I don't, I don't see when we're going to have people in stadiums. That's scary. And you can't have the league start and California not be on board, too. So I wouldn't be surprised if we had a shorter season. I hope not. But selfishly, I hope not. But, you know, public health to me is the most important thing. Sure. Matt, this this works well as a segue to our social segment. Our what? Go ahead. Our what, Serena? Serena Social. Oh, you mean this one. Yeah, Serena's social segment. You actually you let it right into it. So I know it's not football, but 
uh, I saw some pictures of baseball happening in Taiwan, uh, and I was really excited because they hit it out of the park except for one little area. There are dolls in the stands, and I'm not a fan. How do you feel about this? That's creepers. <laughs> in, the, in the stands, which is like the weirdest thing. I thought about this. If, we, if we're like, okay, sports can be played, no fans, which is just the weirdest thing because it's like opposite, like chicken egg kind of thing. But I was like, what if, if you get like season ticket members to have their own doll that's like cut on oh, their likeness <laughs> and then you can like throw your voice in right so you record you talk into your phone and you're watching it or maybe there's like you know vr something you a lot you're requiring a lot selena from the, from the season ticket every it person i know who's like don't put this idea out there Brown. <laughs> I know, but as somebody with, like, season tickets to a sport right now that cannot be played, I would do anything to just, like, go back to the stadium in any way, shape, or form. Even if it has VR, that'd be amazing. I mean, that's where I'm like, okay, Taiwan, you, like, gave us a little bit of an idea. But I would be, like, so weirded out if I'm a player. Baseball, football, anything. I'd be like, what is this city? Have you seen the SNL skit that's, um... Oh, Matt probably knows the name of this, but there's an SNL skit that basically has um, a, like a dummy that you can have, like a mannequin that sh- like when you over order like Uber Eats or Postmates or something and you order food and you're like, oh, I ordered like for five people, but it's just for you. Like you ordered way too many French fries. And then there's that judgment of like, how many napkins would you like? Like room service. You order a burger, fries, a salad, extra fries, chicken nuggets. The whole one, yeah, I just need You're one. What are you? And then so they, SNL made a skit that's like, oh, we have a mannequin for you. So it's like, it wasn't for you. So that's what I think of. These mannequins are now being put in stadiums. We can use them in our homes when we embarrassingly ordered too much food. Like, or is Maybe this just this is- another plot by robots to take over the world by now stealing our seats? <laughs> exactly. There won't be room for people anymore. Just robots roaming the world. Not up the West World. Ooh, creepy. Um, okay, to wrap it up, I'd like to share a quote quickly from our QB1, Jared Goff. Uh, he was asked earlier, Advice for fans who are concerned about the roster turnover. Jared Goff said, just relax. It's going to be just fine. Kimberly, agree to agree. Because everyone's got to just take a chill pill. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, you can't imagine if Jared Goff had said, yeah, we're screwed, guys. <laughs> I mean, yes. No, it's right now. Yeah, everybody's zero zero. Whenever we get the games going, like then then it'll be time to to cheer or panic. Like it's all gravy right now. Oh good, man. It's all good. Everything's gonna be just fine. Um, I appreciate you, Kimberly, for coming on. Uh you look great. Matt, thanks for showing your face. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> uh that's another episode of Rambling in the Books. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. We'll be bringing you more episodes throughout the off season. And don't forget, Rams fans, if you want more, all things Rams, we've got another official Rams podcast led by JB Long called Rams Reveals, Rams Wideout, Cooper Cup. Join the pod this week. So make sure you check that out. Until then, stay safe and healthy, my friends. <laughs> <laughs>